in a world where anyone can have a podcast. Peter Von Panda is one of them. Rants are taken to a whole new level. This is the Peter Von Panda Podcast, a giant waste of time. What's happening, Panda Nation? Peter Von Panda here. Hey, good morning to you. Want to talk to you about coronavirus. Got my tea here, and I thought I would jump online. I've been kind of quiet on this topic because there's so much, I don't know, noise about this thing. And I have done, openly admit, about as little research on this thing as humanly possible. But I feel like I'm pretty good at numbers, and I skim pretty well, and things like that. But I have generally uh, tuned out from the mainstream media. So I don't know what NBC Nightly News is saying. Um, I definitely see some headlines. I see what my friends are posting on Facebook. You know, there are a lot of people out there, including my sister, my poor, poor sister, who is freaked out about it. But you know what? Um, As far as I can tell, and here's my assumption, the media loves clickbait. Man, I mean, as a YouTuber, and you can visit my channel, youtube.com slash Peter Von Panda for all of the product reviews that aren't fit for any other channel. But people love the clicks. And how do you drive clicks? Bad news, right? That's why newspapers and news um, broadcasts get everyone to tune in when there's a blizzard coming, when the job market is in the tank, when the stock market is crashing, when there's a plane crash, right? Nobody sells any headlines on weather looks good for the next 14 days or all the planes in the sky got to their destination safely and mostly on time. So uh, bad news sells. And coronavirus to me is one of those things where, um, you know, irresponsible journalists could be milking this thing. Now, I can't say that they are because I... I have tried to avoid the mainstream media where possible, and I try to get my news from all reliable sources, insiders, experts, that kind of thing, and try to uh, not get overwhelmed by the volume of news. I think we have this tendency, should I say this before I get into my rant about coronavirus, um, that we have this tendency to weight things based on the amount of time or the amount um, of the frequency of mentions, right? So if 10 people that have no credibility say that coronavirus is bad and one person who has credibility says don't worry about it or relax, um, you know, we have 10 out of the 11 pieces of information uh, being weighed in our head that say, hey, it's bad. So we give better credibility to that or more credibility to it. So basically what I don't think we do is we don't weight and prioritize things very well. And I think it's reflected in a lot of past historical events you know just these systemic uh group think mass think problems now that being said coronavirus is bad it's a it's a tough virus people are dying thousands of people have died in china um a dozen people or so have died in america uh you know so i'm not saying that and i'm not trying to diminish anyone who has been sick or suffered from it or died from it so can we just get off this bandwagon of or get off this, uh, this I don't know, conventional 
discussion track where either you are for or against something that it's 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 binary only right um so you know one of the things that i thought at the very beginning was when coronavirus at least was not expected to be in the united states that they were shutting down borders and restricting travel and things like that you know and everyone thought that that was horrific and xenophobic um i thought that was a good idea and in fact there was one point when I thought the U.S. government was trying to decide if it should be considered, I can't remember what the right word is, a pandemic or an epidemic or something like that, and whether they should send resources to China to help. Now, what I think is that China is probably not a very open government and society, and they don't want outsiders' help. But I thought, you know what, hey, the risk of a communicable disease like this should just be squashed where we have the resources we shouldn't worry about how it's classified we should just address it as quickly as possible because you know in a globalized society and in high uh density society population density society we are going to transmit diseases it's just the nature of it you know the europeans brought disease to the native americans it just happens as people interact so i thought hey you know i don't know if it's a big deal or not but we should just address it all right anyway but here we are. Coronavirus has reached the U.S. and we're shutting down travel to Europe and all sorts of other things, which I'm I'm fine with. Um, I don't know that I don't know that you can mandate it. I just saw that Champaign, Illinois, is proposing like a a ban on like all public places, gun sales, alcohol sales, shutting down the school districts. You know what? Just I'm I'm, I'm my eyes are closed and I'm in pain right now because. Basically, I know that I've taken a long time to get here, but I am going to officially say, after my cursory reviews of this and the data and the science and everything, I am going to officially say to chill out about coronavirus. COVID-19. It seems to me that the 19 means that there have been various strains of um, coronavirus or the Wuhan virus, depending on how you're calling it, but um, I'm just going to say chill out. I, I think that there is business and money to be made and people panicking and overreacting. And when it comes to your own personal health and safety, I don't care what you do. And I don't care if you stockpile groceries and toilet paper and you want to cut yourself off from society. I'm actually fine with that. You know, I'm, I, you know, take the precautions necessary and, you know, if ever if everyone does that, you can see what the nation does. I mean, what they're, what they're doing is they're shutting down conferences. They're not going to movie theaters. They're not going out to public sporting events. They just suspended or canceled the XFL season, which is a huge dagger right to my chest. Um, because, you know, talk about bad luck. I mean, uh, they were already behind the eight ball on that. And now, you know, with a short season, it, it kind of sucks for them. But, you know what? The TV is going to have less to, to show and... You know, TV networks are going to fill that with uh, coronavirus news, I'm assuming, because there aren't the sporting events to be escapists from. Anyway, um, a few things have come up that I think are important. It sure seems like the experts, um, the researchers of infectious diseases and epidemiologists and, you know, and doctors and and various people are sharing their thoughts on coronavirus, having treated coronavirus, having treated other uh, previous diseases. Um, there are some analogies to flu. I get that it is different. The symptoms are slightly different, although there's a lot of overlap. 
And so it's not necessarily clear who has coronavirus. And what I think is it certainly sounds like people have gotten it. They thought it was the flu. And so I think coronavirus is proliferated more than we think. And so I think what that means is that since more people had it, um, the death rate from coronavirus, or, or actually it seems like you have to have complications. I mean, maybe you can die from coronavirus, but it's really kind of like upper respiratory problems or other health problems, advanced age, those types of things that coronavirus kind of puts you over the edge, attacks, you know, your health. And so your immune system is working as well. And so the fatalities from this seem to be related to, but not necessarily directly the cause of coronavirus. I'm not sure that, that any of this stuff that I'm saying is 100% true. It's just in generalities. I just saw, and what, what kills me is that an alert came by one of my news apps that another death reported uh, due to coronavirus. And so I clicked through on it. First of all, every time someone dies does not require a national alert. Um, you do not have to push that out to everyone who has downloaded your news app. Um, you, you, maybe you can report it as a story, but you certainly don't have to push it because it's not, <laughs> not that relevant. So many people die of so many things. If we alerted everyone to every one of them, you know, just in my area, I heard that, uh, um, there are far more suicides than people think because they just don't like reporting on them. So I clicked through on it and it was a 67 year old man and he died as related to coronavirus. He had upper respiratory problems, which is what it was um, you know, credited to, but, you know, and I'm sure it's because of HIPAA and maybe the restrictions on the family, but, uh, the press release said that he had other health related issues, but it didn't go into what they were or how many of them. And so my guess is that this was a person in precarious, um, a precarious stage of life, maybe precarious health and getting something like this just is the tipping point. Right. And so I'm not saying that in a vacuum, had he not gotten this, um, that he wouldn't have survived. It's very possible, but it's also possible that he got the flu or a cold or something like that. And that would have also done it. Right. So, but a couple of things that I've seen here are some of the people that have now recovered from coronavirus. So I don't know what the exact percentages are, but if you get it to your 80%, 80% of people have recovered, 20% of people are uh, in the recovery phase and something like less 1%, you know, may um, have a fatality from it. So what what's dawning on me is that a lot of people that get it and recover don't know until afterwards that they're tested and that they, they are tested positive for coronavirus because they think they have the flu. And for most people, say in your 30s, uh, maybe early 40s, and you are in good health generally, it looks like that the downtime on this is anywhere from three days to a week. Uh, Flu-like symptoms, headaches, uh, dehydration, tingling in the extremities, um, chest pain, shivering, those types of things. Um, if you had given me that list, I'd say, oh man, I do have the flu. Uh, and what they are doing is they are basically saying that the best thing you can do is self, what are they called, isolate? Uh, whatever it is, you know, stay at home, stay in bed and stay hydrated and use over the counter medication. Try to break the fever. Sounds like you might have a hundred plus fever for a few days. That's kind of the big, most painful part of it. It sounds like, but over the counter medication seems to work pretty well. Now, if you have more extreme problems, it sounds like, you know, maybe you were a smoker and maybe you have respiratory issues, those types of things. Um, 
your recovery could be anywhere from a few weeks to six or seven weeks, you know, and it doesn't mean sound or it doesn't sound like uh, that you are bedridden for that entire time, that you might be back up and going in a couple weeks or three weeks, but you are kind of still on the mend for a few more weeks after that. So definitely sounds like that. It also sounds like if you are you know, beyond a few days and still suffering from some of these problems, then you should seek medical attention. And there are some antiviral things, and I don't remember what the list was, but they had a list of, you know, three or four medications that would probably be employed for treating this type of, this type of thing. And uh, sounds like they have generally pretty good, pretty good um, results with them. And, you know, ultimately, when you get beyond it, you are effectively immune to this uh, strain of uh, coronavirus, right? It's kind of like getting the flu. You really don't catch that flu. Now, it sounds like coronavirus is mutating just like the flu does too. So it doesn't mean you won't get the flu again. doesn't mean you won't get coronavirus again. But you are generally probably um, in a better position than someone who has not gotten it in some ways. It's kind of like uh, vaccinated or not vaccinated, right? Once you're vaccinated, you can kind of exist with impunity and say, hey, um, expose me to the measles. I won't get it. Not 100%. I'm just saying you can feel better about it. So it certainly does not seem to be that big of a deal if you get it. And in fact, um, by sending out real-time alerts when every individual um, that dies from this occurs is, I think, stoking fear and in no way representative of, you know, what any normal disease, car accidents, medical accidents, right, <laughs> does. Uh, deaths from flu. As far as I know, there were thousands, if not tens of thousands, of flu-related deaths this past year, right? And I don't see people panicking about that. I think it's actually handled very reasonably in that, you know, when flu season comes around, they do what they can to get you the vaccination to t tell you to stay clean, to stay at home if you're sick, those types of things. I think they all apply. I, I think one of the big problems here is that we still, for I think there are two big things why people go into work sick. There, one, people can't afford to not have the income. Let's say you're hourly and you get paid when you're working, you don't get paid when you're not working. You go in when you're sick because financial constraints. I think that's a real thing. I've been there before. But I've also been salaried where I have gone into work sick because I thought I could make it and I didn't want to use the paid time off or the sick day or whatever. Um, and so you, you're not sure, right? Um, and so you go in and I've gone in, gotten to 10, 11 o'clock, you know, because I felt good in the morning after a long night's rest, got in and then just hit a wall and said, listen, I'm taking the day off because I'm sick. So I think there's kind of misdiagnosis. On the other hand, I think some people go into sick because they see it as a badge of honor. They don't have to. Maybe they're on discretionary time off, on limited time off. Maybe you're senior. You know, I know people like this that uh, want to go in because to, to them, they get to show how committed they are to the company. They get to show how how much of a trooper they are. And I think we need to change those types of things. We need to take away the stigma um, we, or maybe even uh, dangle um, some punishment out there, right? If we send you home, you don't get paid for any of the day, even if you worked half the day, but you didn't work really uh, an effective half day because you were sick, right? So I think there should be a stick on the other end where, you know, if you come into sick, there should be some disincentive so that if you're sitting around and you're on the fence about it, maybe the incentive is to make the, the best call you can, not go in and, 
and uh, possibly get other people sick. Basically, my long point here is that I am officially in the camp of, I think, most people are being played. They are playing to our baser instincts. They are playing to fear. Um, yes, there is stuff to fear, but not to the magnitude that media and, um, you know, everyone wants, right? If, if everyone decides to hole up in their house and not go to work and not go out, basically the economy shuts down. And it's not that the we can't recover from that, but restaurants not feeding people or selling things, you know, movie theaters being empty, airlines being empty, conferences being canceled, hotels being empty because of that, right? Means that we're basically kind of putting our foot on the neck of the economy for a while. And and of course we can recover because all that comes back, but it doesn't just spring back, right? Because now you've, you've got some people being furloughed or laid off or loss of income. And so that slows down the velocity of money into consumption and all these other things. So it's a shock to the system and shocks, just like getting punched in the face, doesn't mean you get back up a moment later, right? You got to take a, take a second to shake it off a little bit. But the idea that we have basically st- closed down schools and shut down businesses and and canceled life as we know it for this i think is you know in some ways you know and call me call me a conspiracy theorist if you want what the media wants you know i i have seen people root for an economic recession or an economic slowdown just because they hate trump that much and so i think it's funny to take the livelihood of 400 million people and um, prioritize them lower than some person's personal vendetta against the president. But whatever, more power to you. Um, Do whatever you want. But, uh, you know, the run on groceries, the run on toilet paper, I think it's just all overdone. This is not going to be the moment that ends society and civilization as we know it. Uh, There may be other things. You know, to be honest, I remember when the Ebola virus uh, kind of was discovered in the U.S. That's the one that scares me because highly transmittable, communicable, and a very low survival rate, right? So if we're looking at coronavirus, let's call it 1% just for round numbers, you know, that the fatality rate is 1%. Uh, 99% of the time you're going to survive this thing. But Ebola, when you get it, it just breaks down, you know, your cellular structure and you bleed from the inside out. You basically kind of dissolve, I feel like, or whatever, what, you know, I'm, 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 painting an overly grotesque picture of it. But the problem is when you have such a high fatality rate due to some of these viruses, those are the ones that kind of scare me, right? Because you get it, it runs ravaged through society and you get it, you don't survive. And those things can really decimate. I mean, and we've had those in the past, whether it's the plague or, you know, any of the viruses, you know, especially uh, during some of those dark times in Europe, right? Uh, we really reduce the population by like a quarter in, in some of these cases in a very short amount of time, right? So th- those are the things that can have a big and long and lasting impact, uh, but they certainly don't end society as we know it. And so I think, to me, everything I can tell, that this is a crisis that has been manufactured generally, that uh, the virus while maybe more severe than than flu and let's call it let's say it's maybe 200 percent as severe or 300 percent so it's it's two or three times more impactful than flu uh we're still not talking about something that in a few months from now is going to be 
a non-issue. And as far as I can tell, you know, I was it the mayor of Wuhan in China. I'm not that familiar with China, but you know, he was out in the city kind of proclaiming that uh, they have done their part and been pretty successful in containing this. And in fact, what I saw is that out of hundreds of thousands of cases, they have discovered, you know, something like 10 in the last week, 10 new cases. So I don't know. I don't trust Chinese reporting to a great extent. Um, I don't know that they're super honest. I don't know that the government wants to admit a lot. But I will say that one of the things that I do agree with is that most people don't put themselves at unnecessary risk if they don't believe it. And so hopefully him going out there as a sign, which I think is a publicity stunt, also means that he doesn't think that um, he will die from it. Because I think that, uh, you know, you put your put your own life on the line, right? You don't, if you really think that an area got gassed by chemical weapons, you don't go there without a mask, right? I mean, um, it's just... I, I like people putting their money where their mouth is. And so the, the idea that this is maybe coming to an end, that maybe the virus has dispersed through China and that people have either recovered from it or are now immune to it, that they know what the total um, fatality rate is from it and that it is um, under control, you know, given that just a couple months ago it seemed to be out of control, seems to me that you know, in the United States where we might be more vigilant about it, it may be less impactful and we may actually have this thing kind of as a distant memory sooner than China even did. So I'm hopeful on that. And I think that we just need to have our, or keep our wits about us. You know, I'm seeing it's mid-March right now, April, May, let's, let's call it two months from now. I think the mentality and the psyche of America 60 days from now, mid-May, is going to be significantly different than where it is right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if it is sooner. You know, um, I, I see people complaining about why aren't there more testing kits? You know, it just, it just kind of drives me nuts. And I even saw a headline today that, you know, administration under attack for not handling the coronavirus. Well, it's, it's funny because um, why didn't you... Why didn't the individual, you or me, if you wanted a testing kit for it, why didn't you go out and, and order one or buy one? Like, why is it today or yesterday you've decided that there should be more testing kits and the government should have known this last year and been producing them and distributed 10,000 of them to each of your local drugstores so that they are available to uh, supply companies, right? So they should have been able to see into the future when... Um, individuals only came up with the idea in the last 42 48 to 72 hours right um so it's just funny to me that you think a testing kit should be identified tested manufactured distributed um all at a moment's notice right now these testing kits have been available but the this wasn't a crisis <laughs> until recently and so until the moment you said hey get those testing kits uh, manufactured and get them distributed. Uh, if you didn't say that three, four months ago, then I really don't want to hear you talking about why didn't other people, why didn't someone else get them available because I want them now. It kind of annoys me. No, it really annoys me. That could be a total separate rant. Um, because people think that everything is developed and produced overnight. Go to Kickstarter if you want proof to the contrary 
Anyway, that's my rant for today. Chill out. I get it. I might get sick. I might die from coronavirus. You might die from coronavirus. Um, you know, I definitely think the elderly and people with infirmities or existing health issues should be concerned about it. But they should be concerned about the flu and other diseases too and be avoiding them. Tuberculosis and all sorts of other things, right? But there's only so much we can do. And I am prepared generally for as many contingencies as I can think of and that I can balance my budget. But I realize that when my time is up, my time is up, you know? So there's no reason for me to sit around and be uh, crazy stressed about things that are beyond my control. I can control what I can. I feel good about that. I feel like I've done a, a reasonable job given my resources and circumstances. And if it's going to be more detrimental to my health um, because of whatever happens, a virus, a disease, an accident an attack, terrorist attack, a riot, whatever it might be, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't want those things to happen. I hope we can live in a peaceful society. hope we can all enjoy each other's company and, and uh, live in a community where we get to connect with people and not transmit diseases. But if it happens, it happens. And so I'm not saying that it won't, and I'm not saying that people won't be impacted by it. But on the whole, I think we need to chill out, relax. Be vigilant about it. Stay clean. Don't take unnecessary risks. Help flatten the curve. But chill. That's it. That's my rant for today. Peter Von Panda. Out. This is the Peter Von Panda Podcast. A giant waste of time.